0: previously on a very special Switch the Envelope.
1: Al, Al's manuf- uh, malfunctioning uh, a little bit. We sent
0: him in for repair at yeah, Radio Shack. He,
1: he was going off a little weird on the last episode and like we asked for him. He didn't come
0: through so we had to send him to Radio Shack to get, uh, to get fixed. So most men would say that the Roger Moore series of Bond films not are great. just not, not good. Not great.
1: So yes, shit movie.
0: Shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Madonna
1: stuff, not so much. She kind of she kind of kills most of
0: the movie, yeah. I should dedicate this to Mr. Burt Reynolds. You should, but I'm not going to. Oh, because our entire podcast, burned. the wow. entire the entire you thing, Bert. not Burt Reynolds. You know why? Because Burt Reynolds has been in our hearts the entire podcast. We did this entire thing because his movie inspired us. R.I.P. He is in. Yes, poor little. Loud.
1: Headline Hollywood, entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope. Podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey, and I'm Jeff. How's it going, man? I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you look good. You're you've got a you got a bit of sauce tonight. Yeah, I'm drinking my Jameson. Yeah, you, you've got it uh, neat. Is that neat?
0: Neat, straight up, yeah. no
1: rocks. Fun, fun. T- it's gonna be a fun episode. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Jeff's uh, Jeff's getting loose. He's uh he's getting his his liquid podcast courage. Yeah, uh, I don't need no courage, man. <laughs> Every week on Switch...
0: Oh, well, you know, we're, we are recording on a different night tonight. Normally record on a on a different night. It's Friday night, man.
1: Yeah, we're on a bit of an off night. Yeah. Uh, it was my wedding anniversary, so we had pushed everything. Congratulations, kind of- I know, man. I'm excited you. about that. You know, uh, it pushed our, our week a little bit, but uh, we're here. We're podcasting. Get used to it. One of us is drinking? Yeah, one of us is drinking. You know, it's, a, it's not a school night, so...
0: I may not make it through the podcast, but it's cool. I, by the time we get to whatever our category is, you
1: you may be in the bag. It might yeah. be it might be real fun. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, anyway, every week on the podcast, through with our help uh, from our super time computer Al, where we receive a year and a category. We're back to it.
0: Al's back from Radio Al, Shack.
1: Al has come back. We hopefully,
0: fired Vanessa. Hopefully, he works. <laughs> Just kidding, Vanessa. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. We had a special guest last week. Uh, thank you very much, Vanessa, for coming on. Uh, you were fantastic. She also live tweeted uh, the Emmys for
0: us, which was she did. Awesome. And thank you for anybody that uh, was out there and listened to um, listen, <laughs> listened, and pay attention to the live tweets and uh, followed along, followed along, contributed, and, and hell, and tweeted back. And thanks a lot. It was fun.
1: Yeah, it was a real fun night. Uh, thanks, thanks for doing that. If you uh, if you want to follow along, our Twitter page is at Switch Envelope. And, uh, you know, follow that and, and uh, you know, join the journey. Yeah. <laughs> so this uh, this week we're back to our regular formula. So why don't you go ahead and fire up Al and let's get our year and our category
0: for this week. All right, Al, let's get a category from you. Now we got our year and we got our category. So it's time for our favorite segment in the beginning of our podcast.
1: That's right. It's time for Hidroids.
0: Okay, Corey does not know the year and the category or the category. Not at all. That we are gonna do. So I'm gonna put out some headlines from the year I'm gonna put out. Mm-hmm. Some headlines from the year that the Academy Awards we will be tackling this week took place. Okay. So this year was a very there we actually have some sad headlines. Oh. Um, no. sad headlines? Sad headlines. Is a sad year? This is a sad year. Uh huh. Set here for one main reason um, this was the year that princess diana passed away sadly in france
1: oh yeah oh damn this uh when did when didn, when in the year did that happen not don't give me the year but like when, <laughs> I was gonna when say that like what day, what day did that happen i feel like there's a significant date
0: well it was august 31st
1: okay oh man i know exactly where i was when we fa- i was with you when we found out this yeah. information I was uh, with you when this happened. Back back in the day when we were when we were in a band. <laughs> yes. We were at band practice and I remember like your mom coming in and being like, Princess Di just died. So <clears throat> if I follow my personal years, were we in high school when this happened? Question mark? I'm trying, um, trying to think of where I was. You don't have to
0: answer. I wish I could help you, yeah. but uh, sorry, that's against uh, the rules.
1: I'm gonna. Say, uh, I'm gonna say mm-hmm, mm. it's somewhere like mid '90s to 2000. I think we're in the late '90s area.
0: Late '90s. Okay, that's a good guess. That's a good Just guess. Just
1: judging by where I know I was when I heard the news, that's sort of where I
0: hung out okay. <laughs> during that period. <laughs> okay, so. Another headline from this. Kind of a funnier headline, not for Evander Holyfield, but this is the year that uh, this is the year that Mike Tyson bit <laughs> Evander Holyfield's ear off in the middle of a in the middle of a uh, title fight. I watched that damn fight at a viewing party. Oh, actually, wasn't a title fight. I don't even know if it was a title fight. I don't know if it was a title fight, it but was, it was in the middle of a it was the middle of a boxing match.
1: Yeah, Mike Tyson was getting his ass kicked, and he decided he's like, "Hey, you know man, what?
0: I mean, hey, man, I'm
1: gonna eat this guy's ear." <laughs> And then he like he said a whole bunch of stuff about eating his the children. Yeah. They used to
0: sell like chocolate ears with a bite off. Yeah, the top they did. Of them.
1: They did. It was a huge marketing thing. The boxing world was never the same. Uh, you know, ooh, I I don't know. That same same range because I the party that I was at was with people that I was in high school with. Their their parents bought the fight and we
0: watched it and we were like, whoa, he just bit his ear. <laughs> All right, so just to move things along, I'll let you know that the year we're gonna be doing. Is 1997 movies. No, I was within
1: the range. Yeah,
0: you were close. So the movies came out in 1997, which means we are doing the 1998 Oscars or the 70th Academy Awards. The 70th Academy Awards. The 70th Academy Awards. Who hosted the
1: 70th Academy Awards? I think
0: it's Billy Crystal.
1: Was Billy Crystal the host?
0: I believe it's Billy Crystal.
1: Back to, like, every Oscars that I remember as a, like, young person, Billy Crystal was, like... The host,
0: well, Al has a very, very uh, maybe, maybe a little crush on, on Billy Crystal. Does he, <laughs> he, Al has a little crush he keeps on, sending us to Billy, Crystal. Billy right. Crystal, right? Al, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's got a little crush on uh, Billy, Crystal. I can
1: see him blushing, yes,
0: yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're going to be doing the 1998 Academy Awards, what's the our ca- 70th?
1: What's our Academy category? Awards,
0: and our category this year is gonna be something we different, something we haven't done before. Ooh. So, this year, we are going or in this year. At the 70th Academy Awards, we are going to be analyzing the <clears throat> best original screenplay. Ooh, best original screenplay. Best original screenplay. All right. You know, in college, I took a couple
1: uh, semesters of screenwriting, so
0: I might. So uh, you're like an expert.
1: I'm. I'm practically an expert.
0: Well, <laughs> the best original screenplay this year um, had some. Now, people might think we're a little nuts. For tackling the best original screenplay from the 1998 Academy Awards, because as everyone knows, this is the year that made two fantastic actors. Oh, I know exactly who you're going to say. Yep, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon made their careers off the win from this Academy Awards, yeah. which of course was what movie? Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Okay. So this was the this was the year that they won Best Academy Award for Best Screenplay. Probably
1: the best acceptance speech To be given at an Academy Awards Yes They were so like young and fresh And like excited They didn't know what the fuck was going on <laughs> And they yeah, were just this like movie...
0: Oh my god Oh my god My mom I gotta thank my mom You know like it was... <laughs> Absolutely This movie made them uh, We would have no Matt Damon We'd have no Bourne movies without Right Without this Academy we Awards We wouldn't
1: have a shitty Batman Without without this movie and Maybe Maybe maybe. I mean Maybe the Academy made a <laughs>
0: mistake We'll find out on this episode
1: of Switch the Envelope. Uh, before we go into the rest of the nominees, yeah, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for that. Uh, let's go and look at and the top... I'll drink top... more. <laughs> you, you do that. Uh, let's look at the top 10 highest grossing movies of 1997. Yes. Uh, 1997, by the way, um, had uh, had some pretty decent movies.
0: Fuck yeah, it did.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, gross point blank.
0: One of the... It's... it's st- it's a good movie.
1: You know, Murder at 1600, Boogie Nights. Uh, <laughs>
0: Murder at 1600. Wesley Snipes, one of his better oh, Wesley Snipes oh, movies. Oh, you don't like Wesley Snipes? It's okay. He's okay. okay. Come on. Always uh, bet on black. <laughs>
1: Air Bud came out this year? Come on, man. No? Okay. All right. Um Did it, A Kid it, in King <laughs> Arthur's Court come out this year? The the Danny Glover classic Gone Fishing? Come on. It's, it's great. Great year for a movie. Uh, no, but... Uh, Seriously. So so seriously, let's go over some movies that went out this year. Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion came out this year. Um, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil came out this year. God, I
0: love that movie. Great movie. We've actually gone over that in this. We have. Yeah, Yeah, I love that movie.
1: It's a good movie. Doesn't qualify uh, for this one because we're doing original screenplay. Yeah, we
0: want to make sure that everybody knows we're doing best original screenplay. So a lot of the movies that came out this year uh, don't qualify for this because they were either a book or they were adapted from something else prior to that. Like
1: uh, Jackie Brown.
0: Right. Jackie Brown, which Usually, is a great movie. It's great.
1: Usually, Quentin Tarantino writes his own material, so most of his screenplays are original screenplays. Jackie Brown is adapted from um, what's uh, it's, it's adapted from a novel from like the fifties or, so, or no 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 it's adapted from a, a novel from the early nineties called
0: Al. We need uh, Al. What,
1: what's the name of that that uh, that book?
0: Ah, Rum Punch. Thank, Rum Punch. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Al. Good job. We're glad to have you back, Al.
1: Um, you know, 7 Years in Tibet came out this year. Private Parts, the Howard Stern story came out. You know, actually, this year.
0: I have to say that when I when we were researching for this, Private Parts, I fan I think that's a fantastic movie based off a book. I know. No, I'm just saying I think that does need to be recognized. That's a fantastic oh, movie.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really well well-done biopic. It sure. is. It's great. And, and the fact that Howard Stern got to play himself in the movie is is a rarity in biopics, you know, like he's He's able to play. Yeah, but
0: who else would have played Howard Stern? Come on. I mean, they could have
1: found somebody. They found they find people to play other famous people all the time.
0: And by the way, I was just—I was literally just watching uh, Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. That—I mean, that's not the first time I've watched it. That's like the third time I've watched that mm-hmm. movie. But I love that movie.
1: It's great. I love that movie. It's a really good, really good movie. And the people that they got to play the guys in NWA are like spot on. Well.
0: You know, Ice Cube's son is playing Ice Cube. That's true. That helps. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, let's get to the top 10 movies. Uh, Just out of the top 10, one of Jeff's favorite movies of all time, Face Off.
0: (laughs) I I do love Face Off. You do. I Uh, think Face Off's a great movie. Also, Just Outside. No, 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 I changed it. I don't think it's a great movie. I think it's a fun, entertaining movie to watch when you're sitting on your couch, you're watching TNT,
1: Joey, it's definitely a cable movie. It yeah. is a
0: one, it's one of those movies, okay? I just want to make sure. it's not, I don't think of it as a great Academy Award-winning movie.
1: So, N- Nicolas Cage, two movies this year that are great cable movies. Face-Off and then uh, Con Air, which we've talked about at length in other episodes. Con Air came in this? Con Air is, is in this year, and uh, Face-Off is in this year. But going into the top ten... I only mentioned Face Off because one of the the ones in the top 10 is a re-release and I'm not really going to count it I'll mention it but I'm not really counting it. A towards, re-release? It's a it's a re yeah, it's a special Remake edition re-release. re-release. Okay. You know, like it in this it isn't this movie but The Little Mermaid was re-released in this year as well. But that wouldn't count Little towards like
0: such a good movie.
1: Man. It, I mean, it's a good Disney movie. It's a sexy movie. It's it's the start of the like new golden era of Disney animation. Yeah, that happened in the 90s, even though that one came out in 89. They re-released it apparently in 97. Uh, it wouldn't count for me for a top 10 movie list, although technically it made this amount of money in that year. But um, so we'll we'll get to that in a second. So Face Off was 11. So that kind of counts to me as the real number 10. Okay. Um. Number ten, uh, actually, is uh, a James Bond film. Tomorrow never dies.
0: Yeah, that's where I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really enjoy that movie. Movie not, that much.
1: Not a great Bond film. No. Really cheesy. I remember, like, as a kid, the fact. Like, I was. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Like, I was sort of raised on Bond films. Um, me they, too. They were I actually a was. big part of like my dad showing me cinema. Uh, so, I was really excited for them redoing the Bond franchise. Yeah, but my dad never was. My dad
0: was a Die Hard, Sean Connery Connery Bond film guy. Yeah, and the new he liked the newer films, but my dad actually liked Thomas Crown Affair more than he liked any of the Bond films that Pierce Brosnan ever did. So,
1: yeah, Pierce Brosnan never really
0: felt like Bond. Now he did feel like Thomas Crown. Thomas Crown, he's great (laughs) Um, because he's an art dealer. Yeah, I mean Pierce Brosnan's career too.
1: Like he's he's. He's this great actor in almost everything he does. He just didn't quite lock into the bondness of it. He's close, but he's not quite there for me. You know, um, GoldenEye is probably the best, and then it just sort of falls off from there. But, but he was the, able to. The screenwriting fell off too. He was like able it, to it it deliver them.
0: He's able to deliver them yeah, from. Yeah,
1: they're perfectly serviceable as movies, yeah. but they fall short, especially as it goes on in his um, sort of tenure as James Bond. They just. They don't. They lose a, a sharpness that like Goldeneye has.
0: Although I did see inside the actor studio with Pierce Brosnan, and he said uh-huh. the most, the worst quote I've ever heard of any actor saying. And he said, "Why did I have to be so good looking?" <laughs> because he said, "Why did I have to have this <laughs> face?" Because I can't get the parts that guys like. I mean, he was basically saying that he couldn't get the parts like Dustin Hoffman and Robert mm-hmm. De Niro because he has such a good looking sleek look because hey. he's got this this you know this hey i'm pierce brosnan he's swarthy yeah so he thinks it's you know a, a bad thing that he looks so good
1: well i take back every good thing i've ever <laughs> said about pierce brosnan <laughs> moving on to number
0: nine if uh, anybody ever wants to watch the the inside the actress series with pierce brosnan it is a eye-opening experience about pierce brosnan
1: yeah let's let's move on from pierce brosnan <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a run by fruiting um Number nine, My Best Friend's Wedding, Julie Roberts and uh, Rupert Grint. So,
0: so number eight. Uh, no, no, no. Moving is, on. No, this is
1: number nine. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying, yeah, so moving, moving on, on. to number,
0: number eight. You give a shit about this
1: movie? Um, it's a fine movie. It's another one of those sort of cable movies that you watch with a date or something. You I know?
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't even give um, a shit.
1: I mean, the only reason really to watch that movie is when they're with Cameron Diaz's family and they start singing that, like... Uh, uh, they sing a song. What is the song that they sing? Um, I say a little prayer for you, and like everybody in the table starts singing it. Like that's a fun okay. moment in a movie. Me- movie, but uh, the I, movie itself. I it's don't know
0: why, but for some typical. reason Julia Roberts rubs me the wrong way in every movie she does. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a she, girl
1: standing in front of a boy. Yeah, she ruins. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't do it for you. She ruins
0: Ocean's. Notting Hill. Ocean's uh, is it twelve or thirteen? 12. Where she tries to play herself. Mm-hmm. She just ruins that movie. That is the worst plot twist in a movie, ever. Yeah. She just ruins that part of the movie. It's
1: it's weird that like when you look back at a career, the best work you did was playing a whore. <laughs> you know. I don't that's, think that, that's a little weird.
0: I would think that Aaron Brockovich was probably her best <laughs> no, portrayal. I, I kid, but but, but seriously, <laughs> but I, I I just everything she's in, she just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know why. Eh,
1: all right. Uh number eight is the, the movie that was a re release that doesn't count for me and that's Star Wars. The original Star Wars was released as a special edition. This was, I saw
0: that at midnight with you. Uh
1: no, this we saw yes, we saw and uh, you. uh we didn't see the original Star Wars, we saw um one of the prequels. No in a midnight showing. Yeah. No. We saw one of the prequels as a midnight showing.
0: Well,
1: who was I with? Who was I with when I saw a midnight showing? I, d- I don't know, but I had I had never seen the if movies. If you're out there, I've never seen the original <laughs> Star Wars films in the theater.
0: Well, I did see a midnight showing of original Star Wars. I don't know who I was with. Not me. Weird.
1: Yeah, and back then we we did nearly everything together.
0: <laughs> we sound a little gay, man. <laughs>
1: Let me tell you about my best friend. Yeah, no, we we lived across the street, and yeah, yeah. a little. Uh, we'll move past that. All right. Okay. Uh, so Star Wars doesn't really count towards the top ten because it's a uh, you know seventy seven. Uh, number seven is uh, Goodwill Hunting, which we we've already mentioned. Yeah,
0: fantastic film.
1: Uh, written written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon.
0: Yeah, we'll get th- we'll but we'll get to that. film. Yeah, we plus will. It had Robin Williams in it. That's I did, uh,
1: I believe Robin Williams won for best supporting, best supporting actor. actor in this. Yeah, uh,
0: deservedly so. Um, Although he won over Burt Reynolds. He won over Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds should have won Best Supporting Actor.
1: There is an animated gif that is hilarious of um, Burt Reynolds' face losing to Robin Williams in this category. (laughs) And it's like, he's so just like, fuck. (laughs) When this this episode airs, I'll I'll post it to Twitter. Um, It's hilarious.
0: You know... Burt Reynolds, I think, deserved this Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, but <clears throat> I don't know. I think they both uh, did a good job.
1: Yeah, but this year in particular had a, had a really good like nomination uh, grouping for Supporting Actor 2. would have been a, a tough choice. Yeah, it would have. Uh, moving on to number six, As Good As It Gets. Um, which I believe is in our also in our category list it is category definitely. I keep saying category yes, nomination nominations list uh, for best support uh, original screenplay um,
0: and this is actually a movie that has always been very strong among a certain demographic old white people <laughs> I wasn't what? gonna say old white people I mean but that, that's older
1: just, that's the academy demographic the
0: older demographic has always gone back to this movie as being a, just a solid film if you're around yeah An older generation, you say, "Oh, as good as it gets." You always have a a bunch of people that'll be like, "Okay, if I'm around my mom, I go Mm -hmm. as good as it gets." And like, "Oh, that is such a great movie."
1: Yeah, I mean, it it sort of it it deals with more adult, not not like adult themes that like children wouldn't understand, but like I would
0: uh, would actually, yes, I think it is. It's it's an adult themed movie,
1: but it's it's not like like Boogie Nights is also an adult themed movie, but it it, no, this is a
0: heavy movie. There's with as It's a comedy with such drama. What I'm saying is is so heavy.
1: It deals with adult issues that, as an older person, you can understand and relate to those characters. From like, oh, I understand what they're going through, as opposed to like, um, this is a a theme for older people because young people shouldn't be exposed. to Well, yeah, it's not the bucket list. It's
0: It's not the bucket list where it's just like a an older person comedy. What's What's good about this movie is that you, when you're, like we've talked about this before, even though it's using, even though he's okay. So the movie Grand Torino, mm-hmm. you have a character in the movie where Clint Eastwood plays a racist. Uh-huh. In this movie, and in, in this movie, there's a guy who's who's racist to other people, but he's not racist and homophobic, and homophobic. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I put that in the same kind of category. Though. Viewing but view,
1: viewing this movie uh, from modern eyes, the first like half an hour of this movie is real uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, but what I'm saying is that in this movie, you almost you, it's got so many levels that you see that he's not actually someone who is racist. He is someone who is almost doing it away as a way to keep to push people away from him. It's it's his he's, defense it's, mechanism. It's a defense mechanism yeah. to keep people away so that he is. Because he's OCD, he has all these issues. He has all yeah. this anxiety. He's doing it as a way to keep himself separated from society. Yeah. Whereas in a movie like Gran Torino, he's just racist. He's just a racist he's asshole. He's just an
1: asshole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which um, is he's...
0: why it's nominated for best original screenplay because it does have so many levels. It does. Yes. Uh,
1: but it, there's and there's so many other themes that that arise in it. You know, like. Um, Greg Kinnear's part, yeah. Greg Kinnear's, you know, trying to follow his dream and as Simon failing. Bishop. Uh, yeah, that's his character. Um, there's Helen Hunt trying to do the best she can as a single mom with a sick kid and like working the system. There's like they talk about healthcare and the, like there's a lot of things that they talk about that are, you know, in '97, just the seeds of all the bullshit we're about to go through in the next millennia.
0: Yeah, and Helen you Hunt know? actually won Best Actress for this movie. In this she? year, she, yeah. won, she won best, best actress. As she's really good the, in it. The the part Carol Connolly.
1: Now this is another one of those fucking films where young Helen Hunt and old ass Jack I Nicholson. I know. Are love interests.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why.
1: It's, it's every fucking Hollywood movie does this. I yep. I I don't understand it. You know, I I don't I don't understand it. Uh, it happens a little bit in Boogie Nights too, but uh, gender swapped. Um. If you if you go back and, kind and watch of. watch Boogie Nights, Julianne Moore is, you know she's one of the older porn stars, and um, Mark Wahlberg's character comes into porn at like seventeen. Yeah, but it's not and really. She is. She has this. Well, it's a weird uh, sort of dynamic they have because she feels love for him in a like relationship but also in a in motherly, a motherly way. way. Yeah. Which is really weird considering what but you have to you know, have what what they the do. struggle
0: between her and because she's lost her kids because she's yeah. in porn and she's a drug addict, so she loses her kids, so she she becomes like a mother to the to the kids that are on set.
1: Right. No, no but there's still that same pairing where it's like older actor, younger actor as love interests at one point in the movie, but it's gender swapped in Boogie Nights. But anyway, moving on. <clears throat> uh into the top 5 uh, number five is a Harrison Ford vehicle, uh, Air Force One.
0: <laughs> this is a fun movie. It's a real fun movie. It's a, it's it's fun. Uh, you know, Harrison Ford action movie. I put this movie? in the same category as Face Off.
1: No, it's much better than Face Off. No,
0: it's, it's about the same.
1: It's much better than Face Off. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's so much
0: better. Yeah, the pod that's in the back that they launch to make sure that the president is not in it. Come on.
1: All right, maybe it is. <laughs> uh, number four is uh, a movie I I really enjoyed uh, in 1997, um, uh, and I think it still holds up. It's a Jim Carrey movie. It's uh, it's one of his less wacky ones.
0: Fun with Dick and Jane?
1: No, Fun oh. with Dick and Jane comes comes later. This one is Liar, Liar.
0: Oh God, I love this movie. It's it's a really good comedy. I've watched this. It's been on TV. Has it been? It's been on TV the last couple of weeks. I've seen it twice. Like,
1: it's it's. It's a good way that, like, Jim Carrey could use his physical comedy not in like butt humor, and still be really funny. You know, you know what I mean. Like, he gets to use the like within within a character that's more of a grounded character. I'm
0: laughing right now just thinking about the-
1: like the pen is the pen is blue thing. Like, the pen is rah, not only that. You know, he gets to do all that kind of stuff and like fight against himself, but because of the setup. Of you know him not being able to lie, he's struggling against it. It works, not in a goofball way. It works in more of like a constructed slapstick.
0: There's also some meta humor in way. this movie. There's mm. some meta humor where he's like, "Dad, if I keep my face like this, will it go this way?" He says, "No." And some people make a great living doing that. Yeah. And so he's yeah. you know he's talking about himself and he's yeah. able to joke about himself. There's a lot. Of stuff my teacher in this says
1: movie. everybody's pretty. That's just something ugly people say. <laughs>
0: And there's a scene where he's where the guys where his his ex wife is driving off with her new husband, and he goes, "Jerry, have fun with my wife." <laughs> yeah, it's a real it's a good comedy. I I like it a lot,
1: and a and a really nice original concept too. Yeah. Um. Not not quite good enough to break the Oscar list, especially this year. But
0: um. You know, it's well, it's, it's not. It's a comedy. It's not an Oscar. No, but the
1: concept of it is is a, an original take on a comedy. Like yeah. a guy who. You, you know his kid wishes a lawyer specifically yeah, a lawyer who, can't lie. who can't lie. Like that's a it's an interesting <laughs> concept for for a comedy, and then Jim Carrey pulls it off really well. Uh, number three is a the sequel to Jurassic Park. This is the Lost World Jurassic Park, or sometimes called Jurassic Park Two: The Lost World. But yeah, officially it's the Lost which World. Which has colon Jurassic Park. Which
0: has one of my favorite actors, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Oh,
1: I thought we were going to say Vince Vaughn.
0: No. (laughs) Unfortunately, this movie didn't come across very well. This movie was thought to be kind of a failure. Yeah, also directed by Steven Spielberg, not great. No, it was thought to be kind of a failure. Not great. uh, I mean, not a failure because it it made
1: $230 million, but... It was trash. Not a good movie. No,
0: it was written so poorly. Uh,
1: Number two, a really good movie and an introduction to a franchise that will become sort of uh, beloved, uh, Men in Black. Good movie. Yeah. It's it's a good sort of sci-fi fun comedy. This you know? is like
0: right in the middle. It's not, yeah. I not mean, it's a fantastic not, movie, not a terrible movie. It's
1: not going to blow your mind, but you will enjoy almost every minute of that movie. And by yeah. the way, they
0: just announced Men in, black, Men in Black 4.
1: Yeah, which I saw a tweet today that had Chris Hemsworth and, oh, what is the actress's name? Um, the actress that played Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok is also with him and their agents. And they posted a picture of, of them on set in their black ties. It was cool. If you know who
0: that actress is, we're going to have you tweet us because Al does not know. He's asleep right now. I'm
1: not asking Al. It's, it's not that important. We need to move on. And the number one movie of 1997, I'm sure everybody knows this. You probably guessed it and you're shouting it at your podcast listening device, probably your phones, in the middle of your office <laughs> at this very moment. 1997 was the year of Titanic. Yes. Titanic. Uh, was My heart
0: will go on to th- Titanic. A phenom it made
1: more than 300 oh no yeah it made 350 million dollars more than men in black that's this insane year. that's crazy uh it to- it topped its box office take with 600 million dollars you know it's 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 crazy crazy money uh and titanic you know, it became a pop culture phenomenon, that movie. Yeah, Not, now
0: that, I mean, they still have the touring Titanic uh, displays going around the country. Oh, yeah. It
1: it, it lifted mean, the the profile of the Titanic story, um, the actual story, uh, a tremendous amount as well. From the mind of James Cameron. James Cameron is, is one of those weird filmmakers where like... This was 21 years ago. He, he has such... He's like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, right? Where he doesn't make a lot, but then when he does, it like is an explosion of of like movie fervor, you know? Yeah. Like Daniel Day-Lewis comes out of the woodwork every 4 years or whatever and makes a movie and then gets an Academy Award.
0: Every single one of his damn movies is an Academy Award winner. It it's drives pretty me fucking crazy. It's pretty
1: crazy. But he does he's a powerful performer. James Cameron doesn't make necessarily the best movies, but he does make epic movies and people respond to those by going in droves to see his movies. You know, uh, his earlier work I like better, uh, the Titanic and Beyond. I'm not as enthused by the except movies. for the fact
0: that uh, Titanic stars Billy Zane. It does, and Billy Zane can do no wrong.
1: <laughs> he's he's in um, what is it, Phantom? Uh, the, uh, the Phantom, which is like a superhero movie where they kept him in purple spandex. It looks god awful. The movie is trash. My God, <laughs> misstep, <laughs> you know. Anyway, that, that's our—that's uh, to give us, you know, sort of a uh, an idea of what we were looking at cinema-wise uh, for this year. Uh, now let's look at the nominees for Best Original Screenplay.
0: Awesome. So the nominees this year for Best Original Screenplay are, as good as it gets,
1: Goodwill Hunting,
0: The Full Monty, Boogie Nights, Deconstructing Harry.
1: Yeah, we got A Good Will Hunting written by Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Boogie Nights, uh, directed and written by Paul Thomas Anderson, Deconstructing Harry, directed and written by Woody Allen, uh, Mark Andrus wrote As Good As It Gets, and Simon Bufoy wrote The Full Monty. I'm not sure who either of those last two guys are. Significant to cinema, I'm sure they've written tons of other great stuff.
0: Now, um, their names to... don't
1: jump out the way that like Paul Thomas Anderson, Woody Allen, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon do.
0: Now, I have to honestly... Ask this question: How the hell is uh, "Boogie Nights" on this list for original screenplay? It is the story of John Holmes. Not officially, I guess. So, like Donnie Brasco came out this year, great movie. Yeah, it's the story of the gangster. But
1: it was adapted from a book about you know Donnie Brasco.
0: This movie, "Boogie Nights," is literally the exact story of. John it's, Holmes. It, it it even goes over the time he robbed. Well, but that turned into. It, it goes over the Wonderland murders.
1: Yeah, the the.
0: Kind of. I mean, it doesn't it, actually it doesn't go over the Wonderland murders. It goes over the robbery that leads to the Wonderland murders. But yeah,
1: well, there's there's murder that happens at that robbery in the movie. <laughs> there's uh the guy that they're with Paul. I think is is his name because they're like or Todd. They're like, what the fuck are you doing, Todd? Um, oh yeah, but that's played by. Uh, do with a mustache and great mutton chops, Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Okay, yeah. Uh He shoots the uh, the sort of bodyguard of um, the drug dealer. And in the they're... in
0: the re- in real life, the bodyguard of of uh, Eddie Nash, he really did get shot.
1: That movie switches tones three quarters of the way in, <laughs> in a very like what? Wait, what the fuck movie am I watching now? Like it's it's weird how like there's the beginning of that movie and there's an end to that movie and they're. They feel very disconnected from each other. But I'm sure we'll get to that when we get into our metric. Uh, There are a few movies that I want to run by you that I think probably should be in consideration for best screenplay uh, for this year, or best original screenplay. Um, Titanic. Titanic would would be one of those. Um, You know, it it is based on a historical event, but the story itself is original.
0: But we just figured out that Boogie Nights is also. So, yeah,
1: well, but it's not, but Boogie Nights isn't based on the actual historical event. It's like inspired by a true life story, but not adapted from any previous work. I think that's where, where the qualification comes into play.
0: Well, that's, that's, but that's exactly what we're saying with Titanic.
1: Well, you, Titanic, Titanic is historical fiction. It can still be original with being historical fiction. The only thing that is like, yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, oh, We're yeah, saying okay. the same thing.
1: Sorry. Um, a non, non-adapted. I'm drinking. How am I drinking? And you- <laughs> Hey, man, it's it's Friday. I'm I'm not thinking anymore. Maybe I, you should I've be drinking. I shut off my work brain, my my thinking brain. I'm just here to talk movies. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Titanic would probably be one to for, up for consideration. Written and directed by James Cameron. Um, the the David Mamet written movie, The Edge with um Alec, Alec Baldwin, Baldwin and Anthony,
0: Anthony Hopkins Hopkins um I like this movie however I don't think the story is that original I really don't I think the well, story is kind of It meh. is an
1: original story No
0: I know but I think the, the actual screenplay itself is kind of
1: yeah but it's 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 got really good characters in it and the tension is really like if you were to the metric here or like the the, the barometer is like if you were to be reading this as a a book or just as a story, would it suck you in? Would it be compelling? Would you want to continue reading it to the end? Right? Yeah. That would make a good screenplay is, is, you know, the writing aspect of it. And The Edge would be a book that I would not be able to put down. Okay. Okay.
0: I I wouldn't argue with that. I mean, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Mm -hmm. But as I remember it, the biggest basic plot of it is that...
1: Alec Baldwin's a photographer and um, Anthony Hopkins is a billionaire. And he's... Funding this trip or something. Um, They're gonna go meet some guy in Alaska, and their plane crashes. The helicopter crashes, and there's suspicion that Anthony Hopkins thinks that he's sleeping with
0: his wife. But but Alec Baldwin has planned this to get rid of Anthony Hopkins,
1: right? And he suspects that that he's there. He's gonna kill Anthony Hopkins. He's gonna kill him um, during this trip. As a way to get rid of him so that he can be with his wife, who's played by L. McPherson, I think, in this movie.
0: So there was a lot of movies that came out around this time that were similar plots. There was Malice, there was Shattered, there was But
1: do they have a bear?
0: <laughs> no, this one has the only one that has a bear. There is something Because Alec Baldwin ends up getting Bear scenes. He gets getting, mauled, and mauled by, a bear. by a bear. And so his plot gets goes awry, and Anthony Hopkins ends up help, having helping to save him. Yes. And then telling him, so, by the way, I know that you were trying to kill me. The, well, this,
1: this is the thing. like they, he, they confront it early on, and he's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. Anthony Hopkins re- relaxes a bit because he helps save Anthony Hopkins at one point. Um, and then uh, they, they get to a cabin, and then Anthony Hopkins sees a receipt that has to do with a, a lie that he had told him. And it's a connection to his wife, and he realizes, oh, wait, he is sleeping with my wife. Yeah. It's it's really tightly written. And like I said, it's David Mamet, so it's like, it's it's really well constructed, even though there were other movies that may have had similar plot lines.
0: There was a lot, yeah, because uh, Alec Baldwin himself did Malice. But Malice is kind of a similar plot. It's about a husband who's not in the know, and there's two people plotting against him. One of the two people is his wife. The other one is a doctor, and it takes him through the whole film trying to figure out that his right. wife is the one plotting against him. Good film, but it was back when Alec Baldwin was going real... Real movies and he's being a real actor, you know, mm-hmm. in the hunt for October days. Sure. <laughs> um, Before he was like super political and 30 <laughs> rock, you know, he's. Uh,
1: so if we want to look at like really original stories, um, I think we might want to consider something like The Fifth Element, written and directed by Luc Besson and also written by Robert Mark uh, Common. Common. And do we know why Fifth Element had no sequel? Uh, it wasn't. Yeah, I just there there should have been. Luke was a crazy man. There should have know? been
0: sequels. There never was. I, I mean, love the Fifth Element. I do too. I think it's a fan friggin' movie.
1: And and I, I think that the the story of it is very original. It's sci-fi, and but it's is it fun and Oscar
0: worthy? I don't
1: know. I don't. Okay. I don't know. I we'll I, throw it on the metric. We'll throw I mean, it on our metric. I, I have a nostalgia for this film that is that colors it i'm not sure i'm not i'm not even fully confident that I can objectively score it on our metric because of you know what I mean like I understand where some people would be turned off by this film, but it does have a really like original take and a good good like backstory building and you know, like the characters are really good, and the, the sort of mystery of Milioti. And it's got Chris character. Tucker
0: before he's Chris Tucker. Chris
1: Tucker's amazing in it.
0: And he's got that. It's got that opera singer in it. Man, that opera singer is beautiful.
1: She is big, big blue head opera singer. <laughs> oh. Not
0: beautiful looking, beautiful sounding.
1: I mean, she's a beautiful woman underneath all that. With the tentacles? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know what she looks like underneath that. Maybe she is a beautiful woman. I'm talking about you know the the voice,
1: right? Uh, another one that was an original story, another thriller that I'd like to to submit for consideration here. A um, uh, really really interesting take on on the thriller genre, uh, and that's the game. With Michael Douglas.
0: I'm all in for with the game.
1: Yeah, you like the game?
0: Love the game. Great movie.
1: It it has a it has a real nice twist to the to the ending. Like you you think like you're with that with Michael Douglas's character all along, where you think like oh he's been tapped to do this. You know this extra, you know, adventure type thing, and then at the end, it's revealed that like, oh, happy birthday, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it was all just this sort of elaborate, you know, trick against him, and it drove him completely batshit crazy the entire time. Um, I like that; it was it was good the way that they sort of flipped that. Uh, and uh, no, no bias because I know the person who was the gaffer,
0: and Deborah Unger, film. Deborah Unger, who was the. Woman in that movie was in a lot of films in 1990s okay. and then uh, you don't see her too much.
1: She may have fallen victim to that, uh, you know, like she aged out of Hollywood's need for her.
0: I don't know, man, but she's in Payback and Payback yeah. is the best uh for me, probably one of the best uh, Mel Gibson action films. It's good. Yeah. Um
1: Payback, Payback's really good. The
0: newer ending this is one of those movies that had a director's cut and a theatrical cut. They actually fired the director and hired new people to redo the film um, after the director was fired. Mm-hmm. The original cut of the movie, uh, the studio had cut the film with a very simple ending. It had a different. It had a female playing the playing the bad guy, and it um, it had mm-hmm. a. Um, had somebody shooting a dog in the end, and nobody likes when their puppies are killed. So you know they they reshot the ending. Oh, so Chris Christofferson is now the bad guy in the theatrical version of the movie. Right. So if you ever see that film with Chris Christofferson, it's the better ending.
1: Wasn't there another movie that that uh, called? Uh, is it called Ransom?
0: Ransom is fantastic. Rant,
1: Ransom is another one that that's up there for me, uh, as far as
0: Mel Gibson. Life. He had a he had a really good string of films in the nineties.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was also Conspiracy Theory, which is not which as comes great. out this year. It's not it's not as great. As, I think it's as good as all these. It's Although not it's got, as
0: great. It's got it's got uh, what's what's it's got Pretty Woman in it, and I don't really like yeah. Pretty Woman. <laughs> Julie Roberts. Julie Roberts got Julie Roberts in it.
1: Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last one that I'm going to suggest for best original screenplay. This is a bit of a personal grab for me, uh, but also uh, a movie that I think was very well-written. The dialogue is really great. The characters are fun, um, and that's Chasing Amy by Kevin Smith.
0: Okay. <laughs> Just, okay. Okay. I, I don't think it's up there as an Academy Award winner. No? No, no I absolutely you don't, don't. you don't think so? But... Um, uh,
1: I mean, the movie itself, probably not the screenwriting, like the dialogue of, of Kevin Smith. This is one of... You, you know, it, it isn't one of the. the it's not a, a malrats or or a clerks where um, you know it's playing mostly for comedy. This is more of a drama that has some, some comedic elements to it, and I think shows a maturity level in in his screenwriting ability um, at this point in his career, and <clears throat> is pretty sharp. And the the back and forth dialogue is 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 really awesome. You know, the the movie itself has has a theme that a lot of people play down because they think it's a straight guy turning a lesbian. But that's not necessarily it because when you look at her, she has a monologue that she gives to Ben Affleck where she talks about how like she didn't have a strong male female relationship to base what love is for her. So her entire life was searching outside of sort of what society tells you is normal for relationships and that led her into more of a path where she was uh, a lesbian Uh, and she comes to this realization that you you know at first she was hesitant to give into her feelings towards Ben Affleck's character because she felt like well he's a man and I'm a lesbian and she realized no the reason why I went on this whole personal journey to find love wherever it took me in the first place was that I wasn't you know going to be burdened by the constructs of like what is, you know, a you know in a particular category or not? It's just if you feel love, you feel love, and I think that that's a really cool theme that's um, carried through this film. And you know, it's it's sharply written, and the, like I said, the dialogue is, is fantastic as a screen from a screenwriting standpoint. Like, there's there's really good themes in it. There's good characters. There's really sharp dialogue.
0: Well, I would say that for this film, I don't, <clears throat> I love Kevin Smith films, mm-hmm. but if I'm forced to diagnose, rip them apart, mm-hmm. to figure them out, I think. With Kevin Smith, if you have to critique them in any way, I think that they all have the same theme, they have or they have similar themes. That's what his problem is, because every time he stretches out, mm. people don't like it. I mean, I, there people are, love Kevin Smith when he's in his when he's in his you know he's in his box in yeah. his zone. That's why everybody loves him. They love him when it's from New Jersey. When he's talking about well, comic is, books, this is when he's talking about part of uh, that universe, but like not even funny stuff like uh, like Nietzsche stuff and,
1: and and
0: Jersey, yeah, it's a comic book comic book guy who's you know fall in love with a but this, a this, lesbian,
1: this is this is a, a tragedy, you know, um, it it sort of plays like the sort of regular romantic comedy formula, but then doesn't resolve. You know, it, it's, it takes the sort of bad news bears approach where like the team doesn't win at the end. Ben Affleck doesn't get the girl at the end, you know, and, and, y- you know, that sort of mature screenwriting, I think is what makes that more of a compelling story.
0: Now I know you're making a, I, I would say that compared to all the other films that are on here, it doesn't hold up, but. Okay. Well,
1: see, that that's where this debate would, would take yeah. place. You, you know, it, it, is it as good as Good Will Hunting? No. <laughs> um, is it as good as Deconstructing Harry? I think it's tighter than Deconstructing Harry.
0: I think to you, Deconstructing Harry is actually a more... First of all, I f- don't like Deconstructing... I would watch. I would w- much rather watch Chasing Amy than Deconstructing Harry. I think Deconstructing right. Harry is very dated, even well, for that era.
1: Deconstructing Harry, I think, is one of those gimme... Um, Award of uh, nominations for Woody Allen is just yeah. like oh, Woody Allen made a film. Let's let's nominate him. It's just you know?
0: a list of famous people.
1: The deconstructing Harry. Everybody in it is <laughs> yeah. like
0: super famous, it's, and I don't even know why they're in the stupid film. Well,
1: and, and the movie the movie really suffers from not being able to tether the fictional worlds to the real world in a tangible way. It feels very, you know, disconnected from itself when you're watching the movie. You know, like it, it doesn't. It doesn't quite hit a magic stride. I think I said
0: Billy Crystal's going to be n- going to be hosting these. We need to do a film that he's been in. <laughs> we need to give him something. It might be. So since he's been <laughs> since he plays a part in this movie, we're going to put this as an Academy Award nominee. Maybe. And Woody Allen gets nominated at this point for like everything. He does. So we're just going to let him be nominated. So let's do deconstructing Harry. But it's a stupid film.
1: It, I mean, it's not Woody Allen's best. No, definitely. Um, That's why nobody even freaking knows I, I guarantee think, nobody
0: listening to this is even going to remember that film.
1: So I, I think we added we add a movie to the metric if we think that it can top at least one of the nominees.
0: Okay, chasing Amy, I think can, can top, but everybody's going to top t- de- deconstructing Harry. Although not, I think, not necessarily, I think deconstructing I mean, Harry is Alameda, a better. Probably okay, but not. We're looking at we're looking at original screenplay, and if if deconstructing Harry was a book, I would probably read that book over chasing Amy. I think the concept is I don't better. Know.
1: Well, I, the, the well, the movie sucks.
0: So, but decon- the concept I think is better.
1: Deconstructing Harry is one of those weird ones where because it's about a writer and it dives into his fictional writing world yeah. as a book, it becomes a little more like you're already in that zone, and you know, it's like uh, Stranger Than Fiction or you know, like any of those that are about like a writer. Um, when it when you're reading a book about a writer and then they tell you a book inside the book, like that becomes the That's, royal
0: Tannenbobs, which is a terrible I mean that, terrible that that
1: becomes y- you know uh, a really good device in a book it doesn't translate always to movies
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, we're talking about the script, and we're talking about the script, the concepts of the script. And stuff. Yeah. By the way, will is it the last movie you're going to talk about? Chasing Amy.
1: Yeah, I, I believe. Okay.
0: I think I agree with you. For this year, those are the movies that I would have recommended. I think is, we should. Is go, there any that
1: that you don't feel belong? Like Fifth Element, uh, just go over them again. Chasing I said, Amy. I Fifth don't Element. Think Chasing
0: Amy is
1: the Game, The Edge, and Titanic.
0: I love both Chasing Amy and I love Fifth Element. I don't think they hold up to the other films as Academy Award nominees. However, um. I wanted to run them through the metric anyway.
1: Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll so, add
0: them. So um, I we're, think it's, We're going to go through a lot of films. Let's go yeah. over our new metric because we had to switch our metric a little bit. A little bit. A little bit so we could make, uh, make it appropriate for best original screenplay. ooh, ooh new segment title. Let's give these films the fingers. Let's give these films the fingers. <laughs> Tune in next episode to find out which original screenplay received the highest score on our metric. New episodes of Switch the Envelope are available Monday through Thursday. Interact with us on Twitter at Switch Envelope or on Instagram at Switch the Envelope. The following is brought to you by Riff Laf Productions.